Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phanthropological, the podcast that covers the breadth of human fandom. My name is Nick G, and today we are going to be revisiting the world of Transformers. Here with me to do that is Nick T. I have nothing clever to say today. <laughs> I mean, uh, Autobots roll out. Okay, because we also have today our special guest on the program, owner and operator of TFU.info, Anthony Brucali. Anthony, thank you for joining us today. Oh, happy to be here. I'm really hoping that that you can help us out a little bit today because when we did our last episode on Transformers fans, I think uh, all of us, especially me, were maybe a little bit uncharitable towards Transformers fans. And I'm hoping that uh, by having a conversation with you, you can help clear up some of our misconceptions or affirm them. I'm cool with that too. Uh, I'm happy to do either (laughs) or both. Before we get into that, I was wondering, Anthony, if you could tell us a little bit about, about your Transformers story. What, got you into transformers oh wow so that that story goes way back to uh the mid 80s uh i i was a kid when when transformers were first popular and uh uh so i was i was a fan actually of gobots which is kind of the the rival brand uh, from the 80s uh, at the time and um I, I was a fan of the toys to some extent, uh, but it was the Marvel comic that kind of uh, stuck with me as I got older and, and got into comics. And and so, long story short, I, I, I realized there was a big difference between what I used to watch on TV as the cartoon and, and what I was reading as the comic. And um, n- just learning those differences was kind of what sparked my fandom. And then from there... Um, you know, I kind of remained a fan probably up until high school and then... Uh, uh, when uh, the show Beast Wars uh, came out, uh, which was my first year of college, uh, I really got into it then. And then ever since then, I've been part of the online fandom. And uh, so my first year of college was uh, fall of 96. So it's just around the time when like, you know, uh, the internet was kind of becoming uh, a thing in almost everyone's household. And uh, uh, so that was kind of what sparked my fandom and then kind of just joining the community that was online and and making friends uh, throughout the years uh, that uh, that's how it's been ever since. And so, uh, it's just something I've enjoyed, uh, with a passion since then. What I think is interesting about that is, you know, if you listen to a previous episode, I don't think any of us were like, are, are like really involved with transformers at all, but all of us watched beast wars or as it was known as in Canada, beasties. Yeah. And it's one of those shows, um, at for, for myself and a lot of the friends I made at the time, we were all roughly, you know, seniors in high school or a couple of years into college. And it, it just, it, the way it tied back into the show, the way, um, you know, one of the interesting things about that show was that the, the writers actually tapped into, uh, the online fandom, which was at then was on Usenet, uh, and Usenet message boards. Um, then they would, uh, throw in Easter eggs for the fans, mention people by screen name, um, and then uh, they actually tapped a couple of fans to help kind of craft the show or help them craft the show into becoming something that was tied back to the original series. I can't remember if it came up in the research or if it was just something that I'd heard, like a rumor on the wind. But I remember hearing that when Beast Wars came out, it's like, oh, sure, it's Transformers. Uh, we can sell toys. But then as the episodes kind of went on, they're like, oh, We've introduced the uh, the concept of was it Energon? Uh, so they introduced Energon, I think, at the outset of the show. Um, but uh, they did like introduce uh, Starscream's ghost about midway through the first season, and then that was certainly something from the original series no one expected. 
I, I remember hearing that they'd kind of set up all these points and they weren't really sure where they were going to go, but then fans had started getting really interested and involved with the series. And then you had this, this loving synthesis between the two. And I, I remember watching the series probably towards some of its last seasons and it introduces this arc, but I hadn't, um, I hadn't watched the original Transformers series. So it didn't mean anything to me. I just knew it was related funny note there the the arc as a term never shows up in the original cartoon series that's actually something from the comics uh naming the autobot ship the arc um some of the other concepts such as like uh the primus versus unicron the good god versus the evil god as as the story goes is also lifted from the comics and not from the cartoon um so there there's an interesting take there but some of the animation some of the uh, things that happen in within the story in, in Beast Wars or, or Beasties, as you guys know it, um, are visually are lifted from the comic, uh, from the cartoons, I should say. Is your Transformers story like a common one? Are there like, you know, as many different Transformer stories as there are like versions of Transformers or was there quite a large wave at like where you got on? So there was quite a large wave, I think, where, where I came back on. Uh, but that I don't think that is the only uh, story of fandom. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of, I, I, I once said on another podcast of, uh, I kind of equated to being a fan of a sports franchise. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like, so I, I, I grew up a Yankees fan and my dad's player was Mickey Mantle and my player was, you know, Don Mattingly. And, you know, the next generation after mine, their player was Derek Jeter. Like there's always, you know, it's the same game. The rules are the same. The play is the same, but, uh, where you jump on sometimes dictates where your fandom is. And so, um, you know, my story is is one that's probably very similar to a lot of fans who grew up with it. Uh, but as the show has been reborn, or the, the franchise, I should say, has been reborn many times, you know, throughout its 35-year history, um, you have people that were kids that were jumped on during, you know, the first Michael Bay film. And they're now in their early 20s or, or late teens, you know, like high school, early college. And they're becoming uh, a bigger part of this fandom. And the movie characters and the movie story or lack thereof are now becoming a bigger uh, <laughs> thing within within the fandom as well. See, that's an interesting thing, too, because when we did the last episode, one big part that came out was in the two, early 2000s, like you'd said, there's this big bang of interest in the the series and i say the series as though it's this one giant narrative that all ties together but what i really mean is there were a combination of different things that came out there was the movies i think there was um oh it was on the tip of my tongue it was armada that maybe came out so armada was about 2002 um that was uh so so what happens here so just to give you kind of a brief uh, overview. So, uh, the Transformers franchise uh, has the fans have kind of chopped it up into basically six uh, continuities. So you have your original Generation One continuity. That's what starts in '84 and actually carries through uh, into the late '90s into Beast Wars and into oh, right up till 2000 with Beast Machines. Um, then there is a, a series that was brought over from Japan that was called Robots in Disguise in the U.S. and in North America, and that is kind of its own standalone thing. Um, after that, you have what's called the Unicron Trilogy, which is Armada, Energon, and Cybertron, which were three series that were 
also brought over from Japan and dubbed into English, but kind of sit as a separate continuity. Um, from there, you have, see, that's three. Uh, <laughs> uh, so after that, you have the Michael Bay films, uh, which would be the, the fourth continuity. Um, the fifth, and then uh, Transformers Animated, which would be uh, considered the sixth continuity that ran for three years in North America, and that kind of lives in its own little world as well. And then finally, you have what's called the Aligned Continuity, which um, it just kind of lacks a better name. Um, but that basically starts with a couple of video games that were sold in the U.S. and carries into uh, the TV shows uh, Transformers Prime and another show called Robots in Disguise, which came out in 2015. And um, we're on the cusp of like a seventh continuity, but uh, it doesn't really. Oh, boy. It's out, but no one really can kind of define where it sits just yet. And that would be uh, Transformers Cyberverse, which is the uh, the current TV series. So you you have all these different people and they may have different origin stories. But at the same time, there's all these different continuities going on with the fans that you've you've seen that you've met is love of Transformers like a universal thing like, hey, I love all these continuities or I just love the Michael Bay films or or something different. Because I think when we did our episode the first time, we had a, a sense that there was a lot of debate, a lot of discussion, and probably in my own words, a lot of arguing. <laughs> I would say there is a lot of arguing. There tends to be the, you know, the the troublemakers tend to be louder than than everyone else in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, these arguments go back to even the earliest days of when I joined the fandom. So, uh, straight out, like when Beast Wars was out, there was a big sect of the fandom that didn't uh, consider it, you know, part of the the brand or the canon like they they've you know transformers do not turn into animals that was basically <laughs> that was basically the, the where they drew the line and and so much so that there was um so it there was a they split off the usenet group and created another usenet group just to talk about what they wanted to talk about and not have to deal with beast wars uh, fans. So there was alt.toys.transformers on Usenet. And then later there was alt.toys.transformers.classics.moderated. So not only was it a separate group, but you also, your post had to be approved by the people running it. Um, and so the, those arguments have existed probably since the beginning of Transformers. You can probably even dial it back earlier than that. Um, people used to have a, you know, there were arguments I used to remember early on of how the show got terrible after the original 86 animated film. So there's people <laughs> who who drew that line after two years. Um, and and so there there's, it's it's something that's always existed. But I feel like the people that are loudest are, are the people who are just unhappy. Um overall there there's there's an appreciation and a mutual respect i think through the the layers of um generations and and i mean that like in in terms of myself i'm 40 years old and then there's people who are you know in their early 20s um that look that's you if that's your transformers great i'm glad you love it and there you know maybe i like a little bit or i like this and there or some people i don't like any of it but i'm glad you're here um so there's, (laughs) there's a lot there and i think a lot of the older fans for one thing, they realized though about the movies that whether or not they like the Michael Bay films, they like the fact that it brings in money to the franchise because then, and this is the truth, when the money comes in like that, it gives Hasbro a chance to do things um, 
that are kind of fan servicey to either the toy collectors or or fans of the fiction in ways where you know they could take a risk on doing something that that only a handful of people might might like or know what it is i I guess the ones reaping the most benefits of all (laughs) of all of the various facets of transformers are the are the collectors because they like if they just want like a nice like a nice piece to display as part of their collection they may they may care less which um which continuity it relates to right uh yeah to some extent you know the, with each continuity there's a um there's you know kind of a, a character design or design aesthetic that goes along with it um so it doesn't necessarily so you know a prime an optimus prime say from um the aligned trilogy or from uh uh the unicron trilogy um those would not really look like an original Optimus Prime, a G1 Optimus Prime, as it would be called, uh, which is the original continuity. So they're though they're ve- they may have the same face, but they're very visually different uh, forms. So that name may not necessarily appeal to the same collector. But that said, it, you know, some it's it's kind of working in reverse now because we've had so many um, homages to G1 for the toy collectors, at least. Uh, that there there's almost a fatigue, and so now people are are kind of wanting. And Hasbro's actually been doing um, homages to some of the other continuities in their current toy line. If people are getting fatigued, as just as an example of yep. of Optimus Prime, what are some of the ways that you've you've noticed the fandom changing? Aside from like fatigue with certain characters, because you you said that it's been going for thirty five years. That's a long time for any franchise to go on. Yeah, and and in some ways there's some fatigue in terms of character choice. Uh, and this this relates to the toy line. This doesn't really relate to the fiction, but um, you know, I think there's there needs to be an under, there is an understanding with with some of the fans and how understanding how business works, the business of selling toys. You know, you're selling toys to you know ages five to twelve or you know thereabouts. So you know, every few years, you know, kids age up and out, and new kids age in. So they want their version of Optimus Prime, their version of Bumblebee. So um, you have to kind of just know that's something that's going to happen every few years. There's going to be a refresh every few years. Um, There's a bit of fatigue with the fans as far as characters from the first two years, 84 and 85, because they've been revisited many times and then repopulated in other continuities. Um, I think what you're seeing the change overall uh, with the fandom as far as the toy collectors go is that it's becoming a race for the most perfect version of a, a character um, or a most perfect version of a series of characters that fit together in terms of scale or size or design aesthetic. Um, so that's kind of weirdly interesting. The other thing I'm noticing, at least with the toy collectors and with Hasbro, what they're doing is they're they're going really deep dive into characters kind of in a way star wars did many years ago and current continues to do it's like you know the this one character that appeared in the background of one scene in an episode or it's you know a character that i used to joke about um and actually I just talked about this on my podcast the there was an issue of marvel comics where there was they went back to cybertron and there was this one one-off character who's in two two issues and he he turns into a wheel and he die, and he, he he gets melted alive uh, in 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 this story, and I used to troll the uh, the fan convention every year with their survey, like what character you want. And I used to say uh, Scrounge, you know, exclusive Scrounge. The character's name was Scrounge. <laughs> Two years ago, they made a Scrounge figure. 
Um, and it was, it was part of a box set. They took a character that turned into a flying saucer and said, well, if you turn it on the side, he's a wheel and they put the face on him and everything <laughs> else. And, and there you go. There you have a, an actual official toy version of scrounge, which is something, you know, 10 years ago, we never would have imagined happening. I remember I had like a Hoth soldier with a satellite that gets blown up and I don't know why I wanted that. I work at a thrift store and the other day we got in um, uh, like a 12 inch of like the band leader's brother from the cantina in a new hope. So it's like, there's no, there's no bottom. There's no bottom. Cause I think, cause presumably people are, some people are buying it, but that does lead me to my next question. Is there like a large, um, uh, like vintage collection market? Like people looking for original figures and stuff like that? Um, yeah, there's always, there, there's been probably since, since I started collecting again as an adult that there's always been a, a, you know, a, a sect of people that want to dive back. But in, it's funny, it's kind of died down over the years because in the quest to kind of find the most perfect version of a figure, uh, Hasbro and the company that makes Transformers in Japan, Takara, have been doing so many uh, toys that reference back to old characters that some people just want what's uh, you know they want representation so they don't necessarily want the toy from their childhood they want a toy that looks good and can be posed and looks like the cartoon or looks like something that they remember but is you know higher quality and better so you have a, a whole line that's been running now for god for almost 15 years um called transformers masterpiece which is uh, certain super high-end versions of characters and they're digging in. They've just released the 43rd figure in that line. Um, and that's not counting like special editions that they've done that have um, extended numbers. So they're numbered, but sometimes there's a, there's a 12 and a 12 a. And so they, they've done, um, they've done well over 43 figures. And, and so that's one thing where, you know, fans who want the you know, the most perfect version of their figure uh, may go. Uh, that's a little more pricey, but then you go into the main line, um, which has been running uh, Transformers Generations, which has been running, I think, since 2008. Um, they've been kind of, you know, they've been through a few revamps, but overall, you know, that's kind of a way to um, give modern engineering, modern toy design a chance at the characters from 35 years ago or 30 years ago. Um, so there's that, certainly that group of fans. And just to kind of go back to the previous point, there is a, a number of fans, especially on the younger side and, uh, fans of the, uh, recently wrapped up, uh, ITW comic series, which ran for 13 years. There's a whole slew of characters in there that are deep dives that a lot of fans really wish, uh, they would go for and they have it. There's still an un untapped cachet. Oh yeah. But there must be a, a certain percentage of people who are just buying everything. I would imagine so, but it, it's hard at this point. As someone who runs a website that is meant to catalog everything, um, that there, I was, I think I counted at one point, there are seven or eight Transformer toy lines ongoing right now. Um, that's, mm. yeah, that's more than we've ever had before, uh, including one that, that's running on right now called BotBots, which uh, personally, uh, this is one of those ones for the fans who are very fatigued. Uh, this is something very unique and interesting. It's basically uh, these little transformers that turn into um, household items that they've found around the mall. Uh, so it's kind of a, a wacky, fun kind of take on the brand. Um, like I'm just fidgeting with a few now. I got one that turns into a pencil, one that turns into a plunger. Um, 
there's <laughs> there's one that turns into a belt sander, which I swore was a Zamboni. Um, <laughs> there's a stapler, and it's funny because the stapler in the um, they they they're just started releasing the second wave of these, and they're, they're doing the stapler again. This one's blue. The one in the new wave is black, and they have these wacky names. The names are fantastic. So. They go from anything from being really punny, like there's a one that turns into a hot dog that's named Hot Diggity, um, and um, the stapler in the next wave is actually named uh, Steve from Accounting. <laughs> so, oh, they're so cute. There's one that looks like Master Shake. Yep. Oh wow. And and this, well, what I was saying is, as far as the lines go, so you know, even if you wanted to collect these, there there's a hundred of them in every wave, basically. Uh, there by the end of the second wave, there's going to be a hundred and ninety somewhat of these, and they're randomly packed to some extent. So um, there's guides online to figure out how to do that. It's the cheapest way possible, but um, there there yeah, there's just far too much out there for any one person to collect. And in addition to that, and it's something I don't cover on my website or my podcast, there's a trend in the toy um, collecting world. Again, and this goes back to like getting the most perfect version of a character called uh, third party. And this is actually shorthand for unlicensed third party. So there are companies who create figures that look like a Transformers character, but um, Hasbro has not... Uh, pursued any sort of legal action in, in a lot of these cases, or it could be for a character, you know, that's in the comic book or something like that, that Hasbro has no intention of making. Um, and they'll make a small custom run of a custom made figure and, uh, sell them for two, $300 online each. And, uh, and, and fans kind of can scratch their itch that way as well. T, I remember, um, coming back from Abbey North one time and a friend of yours, I was like, yeah, my plan is to collect all the Funko Pops. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, okay, you could probably do that. And this was, I don't know, five years ago. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with that today. That makes me think, though. So a lot of fandoms that we talk about, they tend to be very media focused. So if we're talking about Game of Thrones, you're talking about the books or the, the TV show. If you're talking about an anime, it might be, you might be talking about the anime itself, the manga, maybe some toys, maybe. But it seems like Transformers fandom is really focused on the toys, not the least of which because, as you said, it's it's a business and you have people aging out. But uh, it it makes me wonder what, not that you could ever find it, but like what the average fan looks like in Transformers fandom. <laughs> uh, do, do you have an answer to that? Uh, I ask. I know it's a very hard question to answer. <laughs> Uh, sarcastic part of me wanted to say the comic shop guy from The Simpsons, but uh, no. <laughs> I mean that—that's our go-to for a lot of fandoms. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I—I I, I mean, I could speak from a, from the toy perspective, but the, that's not to say there aren't um, a large swath of Transformers fans that are uh, fiction only or fiction dominant, um, especially with that last uh, comic book continuity, which was. Uh, huge with 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 fans um old old and young um due to some just excellent writing by james roberts and john barber and uh and um uh, magrit scott who now writes uh batgirl um there there's there there is certainly a swath of the fandom that is uh not interested in toys at all um that is strictly interested in media and particularly print um 
but I would say, you know, your, your average fan, uh, the, the age range tends to vary. Um, if you're 40 ish, uh, like myself, you're, you're probably either, uh, I, I feel like those folks swing one way or another. They're either hyper-focused on, on toy collecting or they're hyper-focused on, uh, the fiction. Uh, and then you have a second layer in that of, of people aged 18 to 25 who grew up with the movies and are hyper-focused on things related to the Michael Bay films. And, um, and probably as a side to that, uh, the actually the Unicron trilogy of Transformers, because they probably were really young when that came out. And uh, that is more of a nostalgia uh, buy for them. Uh, so those are probably the two main um, levels of people I see. Uh, and there's people that sit in between all those, of course. Uh, and then, of course, there's still, you know, being a kid's franchise, there's always going to be uh, a new batch of kids who are just into it. Does the, does the fiction tend to split along age lines at all? Like are the, are the comics focused a little bit older crowd than like the cartoon, for example? Uh, yeah. And that, that's probably by design. Um, the cartoons tend to skew younger, uh, for, for that reason. But, uh, uh, the comic crowd tends to be, uh, high school and up and, and probably the, the cartoon crowd is, I mean, and that's not to say the cartoons aren't unwatchable. Some of them are, are very fun. Um, actually the last, the current series Cybertron, uh, Cyberverse is, um, it takes a little while to get going, but, uh, they've, you can tell the writers are kind of, uh, big into some of the, uh, old lore, the old, and, and some of the lore from the eighties. And it's, you know, when you talk about there being a split, there's been a split from the beginning that the cartoon continuity and the comic book continuity are, are different. And then even furthermore in the UK, um, their comics are published weekly. So they used to have to fill in gaps. So they would split an American comic into two, two issues, but they would still have to oh, write no. two more issues uh, in the UK. So the UK run has a whole batch of stories that were never published in the U S until uh, the late nineties, early two thousands. So you could be fiction focused. And uh, I mean, as someone who's been a fan from since I was a kid, I, part of the reason I do my podcast uh, I've mentioned on my show is that uh, it gives me an excuse to, to check out all the fiction I've never really had a chance to do before. Yeah. And given that there's 35 years of content, I imagine there's a lot. Uh, and, and, and that stuff ranges as well. There's, there's some, uh, there's at least one very questionable series from the early 2000s from Japan that involves tentacle monsters. And I'll just leave it at that. Of course it does. <laughs> Like, I'm sure if I go looking, I'll find it, but I, is it like an 18 plus thing or is oh, it yeah. not an 18? Okay. Yeah. Cause I'd be more surprised if it wasn't. It's called Transformers Kiss Players. Uh, and yeah, I would I just, yeah, uh, it's, it's one of the darker times in Transformers <laughs> fiction. While G is Googling that, uh, you mentioned there, there has always kind of been a divide, a, a split from the beginning between comics and animation. And I think that that sounds pretty natural, but. I'm wondering, are there issues of contention aside from Transformers kiss play? <laughs> there's always going to be arguments, but there's like, these are the things that everyone gravitates towards. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's see. So you mean like, kind of like, uh, did Han shoot first kind of thing or actually that's it. That's a great example. Okay. So, um, so there's, there's ones that go back to the very beginning again to the split in the cartoon the comics um the, the probably the most famous one is uh rumble is red frenzy is blue or uh the reverse of that frenzy is uh red and rumble is blue so 
in the cartoon, uh, if you're familiar with, if you remember Soundwave had uh, cassettes that popped out of his chest and turned into other uh, robots, one of them was Rumble. And in the cartoon, he would, it would pop out of Soundwave's chest, turns into another smaller robot, and he's light blue. Um, but the toy, uh, due to a, either the cartoon making a mistake or the packaging making a mistake, uh, there was a similar toy, same toy in different colors called Frenzy, which was black and red. And on the cartoon, Rumble was blue, Frenzy was black and red. In the toy, Frenzy was blue, Rumble was black and red. And the comics kept that uh, that color scheme as they would uh, portray the characters. So that one goes back just to the very beginning of the, uh, the franchise. So that is a perpetual argument uh, in the fandom. Um, the Beast Wars thing in the late '90s was another big one of of people just not not going on board with Beast Wars, so just kind of uh, sticking their fingers in their ears and yelling la 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 until uh, uh, until it went away. <laughs> so so there's that. Ever since then, people have been kind of um, just accepting that there's going to be reboots uh, every few years. Um, as far as that goes, there you know there's some there's certainly a sect of the fandom. Um, that does not want their, um, how can I put this? Their worldview challenged. Uh, and, and it's a good example is that is the, the recent comics, um, which have been very, um, progressive in, in their content, uh, having LGBTQ characters, uh, as, as best as transforming robots can be. Um, but showing love between, you know, what essentially are male transformers or female transformers, or there was a transgender character. Um, and I think some people will have, have abandoned the comics for those reasons, uh, right or wrong. And, um, and so there, there's that as well. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's kind of been a bone of contention between, between fans uh, that really hasn't. You mentioned the the Han shot first and or Greedo shot first, and that's like, you know, I, that's approachable to somebody who's not a Star Wars fan. But I'm sure if I were really into Star Wars, there'd be even more esoteric things. It's just interesting because it gives you a perspective that you don't normally have. It gives you some special insight into it's like, oh, this is these are the kinds of things that people argue about, and it's sometimes it's not anything groundbreaking, but it's just like, oh, there's everybody argues about what some people would say are like little things. The, the beast wars argument was kind of the big one. Uh, there, there are people who will just flat out ignore uh, anything beast related. They must've felt pretty bad because then we got beast machines. Well, actually beast machines probably has its own set of, uh, of things. People who even liked beast wars disliked uh, the, the way <laughs> characters transformed uh, the ending uh, organics on Cybertron is always a big, big one. Uh, with pe- with terms of arguments and and just yeah the whole first first season of beast machines uh, is generally um not well received by people who even liked beast wars uh all right so for the listener uh kiss players <laughs> jesus <clears throat> oh no it derives its name from its controversial gimmick which involves transformers getting power ups when they are kissed by human girls the eponymous kiss players who fuse with the robots and share their adventures although this plot line may seem like a shift in demographics young girls it is said that this line was aimed at a much older adult male audience indeed the toys bear an ages 15 and up warning and the subject matter of the accompanying manga is far from child friendly 
that comprise a toy line, a weekly radio drama series, and a three-issue manga. That is significantly less weird than I was expecting. R.I.P. Kiss Players. <laughs> I feel like there's there's lots of anime where people fuse with robots. Actually, yeah. It seems like a weird pivot for Transformers. Not, not being in, in the fandom, but it seems like a weird pivot for Transformers. Uh, it was. <laughs> so, like, kind of, kind of on the same subject of, like, fandom splitting arguments or, uh, quote, controversial topics or, or anything like that. Has there been a fandom reaction that really surprised you? I say that because you talked about people sort of getting off at uh, the inclusion of, like, queer characters. And I'm a big Doctor Who fan. And, like, as soon as the Doctor was announced as being a woman, I found out that there are a lot of people I don't care for in the Doctor Who fandom, which I I had no idea about and was uh, very shocked and saddened. So I'm wondering if, if you ever saw any reactions like that or if everyone's kind of, it's kind of what you expect. I, I don't know if it's been any more or less than anything else I've seen with, say, uh, you know, the last Star Wars film or or Doctor Who fandom. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's weird. It's a weird kind of thing to see in Transformers where, you know, things are always um, changing and shifting um, that that people are some people are just kind of stuck in their worldview. Um and it's also weird to me because it's a fandom in terms of toy collecting where people are, are, it's funny. It's like they want the best representation for this fictional, you know, alien robot that they like, but can't see the idea of representation in the other direction. Of <laughs> so, so it is, it is bizarre. Uh, to me, uh, whether I say, say I've seen it more or less than anything else, you know, any other uh, place where you, where you see those kind of arguments these days? Uh, I don't think so. But uh, there's certainly, like I said, it's, sometimes it's the um, they're the the people that are loudest aren't necessarily the best uh, representation of, of the fandom itself. No, and I mean, like, you know, because I, I don't care for this series, I'm not watching it. It's not a thing you have to post. And presumably, most people who feel that way aren't posting about it but you know there's always a couple of people yelling from the uh, <laughs> from the mountaintop oh by the way so there is an uh, there is a term <laughs> I, I just want to um there is a term that came up from uh that i was just kind of googling because i was trying to remember some arguments uh and so there is a phrase uh, that goes back to the late nineties about the beast wars and, um, G one kind of, uh, arguments, uh, for things. And that is uh truck, not monkey. Uh, so, what? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and so that's kind of a, a way people kind of, and I'm reading, I'm reading the uh, TF wiki article on this right now. And it, it actually mentions a whole bunch of my, my friends who kind of conceive this term truck, not monkey, that people are just so, so mad about, about beast wars that, <laughs> that they wanted. Uh, yeah. The, you know, uh, the phrase is always, you know, Optimus is, is, is a truck, not a stupid monkey. And uh, <laughs> I, what I love about the phrase is that it contains no argument for any, any sides. <laughs> just like, like that phrase is like can't can't possibly convince someone, right? <laughs> You'd be like, oh, of course. Um, <laughs> let me change my mind. I I mean, I guess it was a radical idea at the time that you know the transformers are turning into other other things that are also animate, or specifically just animals. I guess is 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 there considered to be a main fandom? Would that would that be the toys, or is it really like 
everyone's got a different story. Um, no, I think everyone's kind of has a, a different story that it, because the, the line is so vast, um, there isn't really one story anymore. You know, I think, um, my story, you know, being part of that first like child group that, that kind of fell in love with the brand, um, is probably very similar across my age range. But as you get further away from that, it changes, uh, depending and even within my age range, it changes depending on where you grew up and what your access was to things. And, you know, I grew up in New York City. So, like, you know, Transformers was on five days a week. Uh, some places in the country was on, you know, Saturday morning. Some places, you know, it was on five days a week, but it was on a UHF channel somewhere where it was hard to get, you know, over, over the air reception. So, it, it really does um, vary from person to person. Is there anything the fans want that doesn't exist yet? Uh, or hasn't been tried at least once. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's a good question. Um, I can't really say offhand because I, I mean I would only be able to speak for myself. I don't think I can speak for right. the entire fandom. And, and there, the brand in terms of fiction and in terms of toy line is kind of um, kind of down gone down a whole bunch of 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 roads. I mean, even in terms of crossovers, it is crossed over. Um, in fiction or in toy form with a whole <laughs> slew of um, franchises. Uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, G.I. Joe. Um, like, there's a Ghostbusters uh, crossover coming up. Um, the Avengers they've crossed over with. They've crossed over G.I. Joe many times, actually. Uh, uh, so th there's, there's, certainly, um, uh, there's certainly room for crossover but in terms of like new things i for me i would like to see them from a, a media perspective see them try to adapt uh the the previous uh comic book continuity the idw uh phase, what they call phase two of the idw continuity so uh there was like a soft reboot about about a couple years in and from there it ran and uh, there were just award-winning comics with uh uh, what was called more than meets the eye and lost light and um, a few other books uh, that um, were just critically acclaimed in terms of just being great comic books, not even great transformers comic books. Um, I would like to see them take those to the screen. I think that would be, I think that's, I speak for a big chunk of the fandom when I say that. Um, and in terms of just kind of original kind of concepts, I would like to see them do something where they, just do something with wholly original characters. No, no retreads of people we know already. Just kind of give me, give me the next generation. Give me the DS nine of uh, transformers stories, okay. which is kind of how those comic books read in some, to some regards, they took characters that were, um, they were known transformers quantities, but they didn't have a lot of fiction behind them and kind of really fleshed them out and made them into uh, characters. People fell in love with a lot of people like DS nine. I haven't seen it yet. I'm sure I'll get to it eventually. I I like the idea of a thing that I enjoy, but somewhere else in the universe. And Transformers seems like it, given that there are six-ish continuities, that there's lots of room for that to happen. Uh, apologies if I've been quiet. I think G, or uh, it might have been you, Anthony, nerd sniped me by posting Ruined Forever in the chat. Yes, yes. So that is um, that is the uh, the. TF wiki page on transformers arguments. So, uh, 
uh, you know, just looking at some of those uh, listed, uh, there's really, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking, if you look where they link to, it kind of explains, you know, the franchises and people's reactions in a nutshell and that everyone, um, that every time there's a reboot and every time there's a change, there's a slew of people that just need to yell and scream about, about how things are ruined forever. As you say that, I'm, I'm looking at the words and the words are things like monkeys, hippies, reboots. But as I click on the articles, it's pretty much every single event that has happened since the first generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, there's, there's one of these for Doctor Who as well. <laughs> oh, these are the things that I, th- these are why I love doing this show. <laughs> yeah, the, the, this, is, this is the good stuff. <laughs> so the line, 35-year-old billion-dollar franchises while seemingly healthy are actually as fragile as two bricks tied together with tissue paper. Yeah, this is fantastic. I mean, obviously... If you like Transformers and there are movies that are Transformers, you would like them to be good. Um, my impression is that they're like meh. To the older crowd, yes. To the younger crowd, um, they're a little bit more apologetic, but I think they realize it's it's kind of meh as far as the movies go. I think um, the problem with the films, the, at least in terms of the Bay films, is there's a lack of... Um, character when you come to the robots and to the transformers that either they're they're represented as versions of those characters that don't really um don't really jibe well with with previous versions uh, or they're just not characters at all they're just kind of set pieces and i think um surprisingly the bumblebee movie that was out uh, earlier this year or uh, late last year um gave it a whole new approach and, and people really kind of the fandom really kind of rallied around that film and was very happy and was like i know i said this was the sequel i wanted to the first bay film uh, just kind of something that kind of oh wow you know jumped away from uh having to tell us who everything is and setting the stage and kind of just you know in a way um just gave us who who the characters were and treated the robots like characters because that's essentially what we're always looking for as far as um, story goes with Transformers is to humanize the robots, uh, to humanize them because they're also, you know, it's kind of a, it's a vast story, right? It's, there are robots, but there are also aliens from another planet. So you have this, this war story, you have this fish out of water story, and then you have this, how do humans relate to this whole thing story? And um, they, they did, Michael Bay films usually just go into the how do the humans relate to what's going on story without actually touching much on the other two parts. And so I think that is that is where um, the Travis Knight film kind of succeeded. And if we got more of what Travis Knight did with the Bumblebee film, uh, I think Transformers fans would be very happy with the movies. So I remember hearing that people really liked Bumblebee and I was like, oh, interesting. Because like every, I, as soon as the Transform, Transformers movie comes out, I hear nothing about it. <laughs> Except for Bumblebee, and I was gonna say, is it like a peop- are you know older fans just like this is you know having having these big, big flashy billion dollar movies is just like the cost of having something that's kind of popular. Is is it, is someone going to all the movies being like this one, this one's gonna do it, or do some people want uh, like a different, <laughs> like them to restart a franchise with maybe like I don't know, and more or or tour director or taking from specific source material or something like that. I think the the way to go and the way some people would want it is is to take that. Hey, look, we have uh, thirteen years of the last IDW continuity. Plus, you have 
an 80 issue Marvel run and a 300 something issue Marvel UK run. There's plenty of great stories in there. Let's take those stories. Let's mine them like Marvel would and, or, you know, and, and kind of turn that into a good two hour film instead of a, um, bonkers three and a half hour <laughs> film. <laughs> and I, think, uh, I think that's kind of where, where the fandom lies is that they would much rather have um, a quality story told using their characters and their, their, their fandom than just have their fandom be an excuse to blow things up. We haven't quite gotten to the point where we have a Transformers cinematic universe. Uh, no, but the big, you know, actually another big argument in the Transformers uh, fandom lately has been whether or not the um, Travis Knight film is a reboot because it does kind of dump a whole bunch of continuity out of the, uh, the Michael Bay films. Oh, interesting. And uh, just to kind of uh, double down on that. So the Bumblebee film was delayed uh, by about six months. So it was, it was supposed to be released in May. It was released in December. And um, that's because they reshot a whole bunch of things and changed things from a test screening. And so um, what, what it turned out was that the original cut of the film was much more in line with being a prequel to the first Michael Bay film. And then they went in and reshot the film to take all of, almost all the references out to the previous continuity and the previous Michael Bay films Whoa. and kind of just make it its own standalone thing that may or may not fit into the, the Michael Bay continuity. Is there any part of the, arg the arguments that are like recreational? Like not mean spirited, just kind of like, like in a fun way, like theoretical points of discussion. Oh, sure. So there's, um, oh, you know, so there's some, there's a, a thing uh, that uh, there's some of these arguments that have actually become, um, canon within some of the fiction because they've been argued about over the years and fans who have become who's, people who started out as fans who have become, you know, writers or, or whatnot with, and have worked on the brand have, uh, used them in official capacity. So um, one of the, one of the easiest ones is, um, mass shifting or, or, um, subspace as it's called sometimes. And that would be, um, how does sound wave go from being a Walkman to a 20 foot tall robot? And, <laughs> and so, you know, some of it, or, or where does Optimus Prime's trailer go? Um, is one. So like in the, in the old cartoon, you know, it's his cab that transforms, but his trailer, he just ditches. Right. Um, so there's been, you know, that's one that's always, so the idea that it's put in a subspace pocket so that it, it exists somewhere, but that he can retrieve it wherever he is at the time. Uh, those are ones that have been carried over um, that have started out as fan theories or just fan goofy kind of fun arguments to being um, uh, official kind of uh, canon. Uh, within my own friend group, I can think of, um, I have uh, it's going back to Beast Wars. There was a trans metal version of uh, Air Razor. I don't know if you remember that character from the show, but there was a toy that didn't appear in the show of her. That um, the instructions don't really define whether or not the wings go up or the wings go down. So that's an ongoing argument between uh, friends of mine: is either wings up or wings down. Hey, they exist. They certainly exist. I think they exist depending on the group of people more so than the fandom as a whole. Oh, you know what? We got a current one going on too with, with a bunch of the Transformers podcasts um, because the line um, itself has been trying to kind of repopulate all the original characters as it's going. Um, they were doing the combiners for a while and there was a combiner late in the original run 
of um, sea creatures. It was uh, the, they were Decepticons. They were called the Seacons, uh, and they were kind of just sea. They were like you know a giant turtle and a shark and and a manta ray and some other things. And they had little robot forms, and they turned into a big robot called um, Piranacon. Um, they didn't <laughs> do this character in when they did combiners last time around. Um, and I have a friend who's been really pushing for uh, the Generations line to finally do Unicron, um, uh, which would be nice. But uh, a bunch of his friends have been uh, pushing the hashtag Seacons uh, before Unicron just to kind of uh, f- friendly, uh, kind of uh, keep him from getting what he wants. <laughs> All right, Anthony, it's time to ask the hard questions. Okay. If the question is, are you playing with a transforming plunger right now? The answer is yes. I don't think I could have ever guessed that in my wildest. <laughs> I might have got the transformer part, but um, plunger threw me off. How has Transformers changed your life? Obviously, you now run a, a podcast. The latest that you've been cataloging all sorts of Transformers related information for a while. But in what other ways has Transformers changed your life? I would say it's it's given me kind of um, what I refer to as my friends from college. Uh, so while uh, other people may have had uh, fraternities or people they went out, uh, you know, drinking and partying with, uh, I spent a lot of time uh, just getting to know this one group of friends um, on IRC, Internet Relay Chat. And, uh, you know, we've been kind of we've been close friends since and so like i mean i have a perpetual text going on with i don't know four or five of them and you know we've we've been to each other's weddings we we you know we have our get-togethers once a year or twice a year where wherever we can uh we visit each other whenever we're, we're in the other person's local area so um i think that's the one thing that's changed my life it has given me um a group of friends who you know, we all have this one thing that we like, but it, it, we're all over the country and all over the world, really. And so, um, you know, wherever you're somewhere, you know, there might be someone, you know, as someone who has never really dove deep into fandoms and has always kind of enjoyed them at a surface level. That's it's not something you get a lot of, because I'm sure if I knew a lot about, say, Doctor Who or Transformers or Star Wars, then, you know, when you're in a place with those people, you can like really connect but if you don't you're just like well i'm saying the words but nothing is happening (laughs) related to things changing your life before we started chatting you mentioned you have uh, a daughter i believe yes and you know i i want to know because we have had many people on who have children and who are big fans of things i want to know is your daughter a fan of transformers um, that is to be determined. Uh, she, is, <laughs> she is turning six months old next week. So, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yep. Got a little so, time on that. Yeah, but uh, uh, I'm hoping so. <laughs> well, put a little bit differently then. Uh, is your intention as a fan of Transformers to try to inspire uh, that spark in her? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think Homer Simpson said it best. You know, the whole reason you have kids is so you can teach them to like the things that you like and hate the things <laughs> that you hate. Um, you find there's a lot of that uh, in the fandom at all? Oh, yeah. No, no. Uh, and that goes back even to my earliest days meeting other fans at conventions. Uh, uh, there was actually a couple who I met uh, years ago at a convention. They brought their daughter um, to these cons and, and, you know, she was a fan and then like, I mean, you know, and then the weirdest thing in the world is like, oh, you know, like I'm hearing online, she's engaged, she's getting married. Oh my God, she's an adult. Um, <laughs> you know, um, 
so you know it's certainly something you, you see uh, the conventions for years have had places for you know they try to remain kid friendly and kid focused because it is still a toy line at the end of the day um so they've they've always had play areas or places for kids to just play around with toys while they're you know their their parents uh shop around for other toys that they're not allowed to play with <laughs> i guess so um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I certainly see I see that throughout the fandom over the years. Uh, yeah, definitely. The last thing I wanted to ask Anthony was just if folks were interested in Transformers and you as somebody with many years of experience in the Transformers fandom, uh, mostly toy collecting, but now getting into all of the various media, fiction or otherwise, what would you recommend to somebody who is interested in Transformers and wants to dig a bit deeper? I would say, I mean, look, the greedy part of me is going to say, yeah, go to tfu.info, which is my <laughs> website, <laughs> and check out the figure archive. But I, I got to tell you, uh, tfwiki.net is by far not even just one of the best Transformers resources. It is the one of the best like fandom resources you'll you'll ever come across. Um, it is it is well written. It is fun and funny at times. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it gives you the um, all the important stuff in terms of 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 why a character is important how the continuity split up um what character fits where um it's it's just a great read if you just want to go there and click random page because if you just go there and click random page you'll always find something uh fun to read about um I would think those are the two, be- you know, two places to start. And then, and, and, you know, it's certainly from a selfish point of view, uh, I would point people towards my podcast, which is called Transformers University, um, which is kind of, you know, my way of delving into the Transformers brand in a chronological order. So I started with 1984 and, and I'm, I'm into 1986 at the moment at episode 57, but we go a little bit at a time, um, either through a handful of episodes, a couple issues of comics, um, a year in the toys, um, just trying to kind of understand what one, what the time was like in whenever those uh, items or stories were told or those items came out. And then two, to try to um, find people's uh, passion for those things. So part of my, my approach is always to interview friends and people I know or people I know through the internet to just tell me why certain issue of a comic is important to them or why a certain character uh, means so much to them over the years. And I think so it's a good way if you want to understand the fandom or, or what, what Transformers fans find fun for whatever reason um, could be because something, you know, there, there are certain episodes of the original series that are great because they're just terrible. Um, and one of which, you know, it's like there's an episode called city of steel where Megatron takes over New York and, you know, uh, dismembers Optimus Prime and turns him into an alligator. Why? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> except for one arm, which he sticks on top of the Empire State Building to shoot at people. Uh, it makes no sense, but it's it's so, you know, bonkers that it, it's one of those things that people quote and make fun of and have fun talking about all the time. Um, so, yeah, I would I would also, you know, uh, recommend my podcast, Transformers University. Are you Are you still learning? As you, as you do it, like that seems oh, yeah. like a very, a very thorough way to go through uh, Transformers as a whole. Oh yeah, 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 certainly am. And it's for me, it's like, a, it's a good excuse to check out all the things I didn't really know about. Uh, 
and you know where where i've been in this you know the online fandom for uh over 20 years now and going you know i never checked out this one like for example there was this one story called uh scramble city which was a half hour cartoon produced in japan to kind of bridge the gap between the end of season two of the cartoon and the the 86 animated film and i've never watched it it's 20 minutes long i've never watched it and uh you know i took i took time doing this podcast just to watch that and because and, and there's really nothing special about it but it was just <laughs> kind of cool to say look i finally have seen this thing that that people know about and then i can finally you know talk about a little bit um so yeah i am certainly always learning and i think that's part of the the best part about being a fan is that there's always something if you have something as rich as transformers where there's a 35 year history there's always something new to learn and uh i i don't think i want to know everything because i want to be able to find new things in it i did the math quickly if you've got 50 episodes for two years you've got like probably another 800 episodes to go so i look forward to your journey on the transformers path yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i'm in the fat years at the moment the good thing is is like when i get to um 1990 through like 92 it's gonna probably total out to be about 12 episodes for those three years <laughs> hmm. all right in addition to those anthony where can people find you on the internet all right so um in addition to the podcast and the website you can you can find me on social media um usually i'm on twitter at tfu underscore info uh you can also find me on facebook at facebook.com slash tfu info all one word uh same for youtube uh dot com slash tfu info instagram.com slash tfu info and uh uh yeah and once again the podcast is available uh wherever you're listening to uh phanthropological uh the itunes google play stitcher uh basically everywhere and if not you can always just get it on youtube as well or a segue i was gonna say <laughs> if you're listening to this in the future and you've listened to all eight 800 episodes of the transformers university podcast and you still want to listen to more podcasts you can always head over to phantropological.com and listen to all of our episodes or the podcatcher of your choice maybe by then we'll be down to just one right now there are many um, but in that podcatcher, if you could give us a, a subscription and then maybe a rating or review, we'd much appreciate that. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, you can do so Phanthropological on Facebook and at Phanthropologic on Twitter. And if you want to know what myself, T and Nick Z are up to in general, you can check out at the Nick's cast pretty much anywhere on the Internet. Uh, and now we have a message for you from our good friends, the Epic Film Guys. I'm Nick. And I'm Justin, and we can't believe it's already time for the 2019 live stream for The Cure. Thanks to our amazing peers, listeners, and supporters. Last year, we crushed our goal of $5,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. The Cancer Research Institute is funding research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. Every single cent we raise goes to them. And they're also rated over 92% on CharityNavigator.org. This year, we're aiming our sights even higher with our most ambitious event to date. Join us May 17th through the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of live content from us and other amazing shows who will join us to try to reach $7,500. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure for more information or to find out how you can be a part of the event. Together, we can make a difference. Well, all that remains to do is say, Anthony, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. No, thanks, guys, for having me. Uh, suffice to say, we learned a lot, and I may have some Transformers comics to buy.
now that we're living in the future, I am looking forward to seeing if we've settled the war between the organics and the non-organics. <laughs> the only thing that remains to say is thank you very much for listening, everybody. Until next time, we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. All right. You know what? Forget it. Oh!